I love the fact that he was so stubborn to like look up if he was could improve his character even just a little bit that he used the second worst weapon he could use all the way up to the last five boss fights, which is a testament to his determination and willpower, but also a testament to how stubborn he is. And he even admits he probably could have shaved off a good chunk of the time he was playing had he just looked up something and been like, I have this weapon, I can upgrade it and my game will go faster. gals and non-binary pals this is couch co-op video game podcast i'm matt here with dave and missing today is our dear friend jack the enemy of fun this guy is such an enemy of fun that he managed to beat all of elden ring in just what two three weeks dave i mean half of the fun of this game is playing with your friends the true couch co-op experience and he ran through and he beat the game. And not only did he beat the game, he beat the game with the second shittiest weapon possible. And a family and more than a full-time job as well. So God, a lot of buffs or a lot of nerves. Nothing but eat, sleep, and breathe Elden Ring. He was absolutely remarkable. Truly the enemy of fun. Such an enemy of fun that he eliminated any opportunity of us playing together online. Now, of course, we only bring this up because... Jack, our dear, dear friend, A, I will never acknowledge if he's actually present, how tremendous of a feat that is. Because <laughs> he not only did, he got the platinum. Like, he, he completed everything in this game. Like, I, I, I definitely have to tip my cap to him. Like, that's a gaming achievement that uh, I don't even know if I'm going to accomplish, to be perfectly honest. So, A, I can't say that to him. And B, the gentleman just had a birthday. So, happy birthday, Jack. We love you. So happy to have you on the show. Sorry you couldn't be here this time, but uh, looking forward to many more ahead. Yeah, uh, I recall getting the text and just hearing, watching, or actually looking at the screen, it said Elden Ring down. And I thought maybe the servers had crashed until you, you had pulled through and, <laughs> and had asked him if he had beaten it. Yeah, he planned in the, the quickest out of all of us. Uh, I think he truly loved this game. Like, I, I think it was pretty easy for him to to do it because um, I think he's just such a challenge freak that, you know, running his uh, character into a boss 80 plus times and failing, you know, and it, it popping on like the 85th or 86th time, whatever. He has a video posted. Uh, I agreed that I would only watch it with him and we haven't had the chance since then. So he's been grinding pretty hard without me, but yeah, he helped me get through some pretty hard chunks of the game. Yeah, no, he, he what he managed to accomplish in sh such a short time frame is really impressive. Cause like you said, he's also got the family, he's also got the job and we know he's not fully neglecting either of those things. Cause he's works a lot and his kids are wonderful and amazing and, adore him so uh, he's somehow manages to make it work he just eats breathes and sleeps Elden Ring and now that it's accomplished we'll see what he ends up playing and uh, can't wait to catch up with him on our next recording but 
for now, it's just you and me, Dave, and we had a couch co-op experience online recently uh, facing arguably, at least in my case, one of the coolest bosses I've seen in video games in a long time, and that would be, uh, take it away, Dave. Uh, that would be Star Scourge Rodan. Uh, he is part of the main family that is uh, running within the storyline of Elden Ring. Uh, he is a son of the king and queen and has been deemed the most powerful of all the demigods uh, in the region. But he's also the one that's featured in the trailer where you get to know a character named uh, Milena. Uh, and her and Redan square off. And it's such an interesting trailer because the first initial response is that she's the, the hero and Redan is the antagonist. And as you get into the lore of this, you realize that it's vice versa, that Redan is actually the hero who is standing up to this plague that is starting to take over his land. And, you know, it's time for him to step up. So within the trailer, you see some pretty cool stuff that does a good job in this direction. And, you know, so that made me curious about this character, Redan. Not only visually is he stunning, but you find out he's, he has a lot of character behind him in the story. Yeah, he's an impressive boss, to say the least. It's probably the closest I've seen a game since uh, the God of War series that truly has gotten the scale right of a, just a giant intimidating boss that really just makes you like terrified to have to face him face off against him um you know jack i, I won't delve into it because he's brought it up numerous times but he has mentioned how elden ring is amazing because it can be so many different types of gaming experiences and and just that that's one of the things that really stood out to me is that like god of war one of the coolest things particularly in the older ones were just the massive scale of some of the enemies and with this i was blown away to put, be playing a souls game and all of a sudden encounter something that massive and realize like oh yeah i'm a sword guy like i'm gonna have to take that down somehow he if anyone doesn't know yet uh he actually is truly an optional boss if i understand if you're not going after one of the three initial main endings so he's someone that you don't have to play and he was someone that I remember on YouTube being that first uh, next big step after uh, Margit um, because Margit was a gatekeeper and then it seemed like um, Godric was fairly easy if he could you know break his poise but all of a sudden Redan seemed to be the one where everyone was getting melted so I came into it and I approached him very delicately. I made sure I felt like I was at a pretty good level. And uh, I fought him three times and I killed him on the third. So <laughs> uh, I felt like uh, I came into it fairly OP and it took me a sec to realize that you got summons, but uh, is what I love about this boss fight is that it takes place out amongst red sand dunes littered with uh, dead armies. And the whole lore behind this is that Redan was holding back Malena from spreading the Scarlet Rot. And she had pretty much been taken over by Scarlet Rot. So it's almost as if 
an infection had gained consciousness and then had created a warrior that had been undefeated. So they end up kind of nullifying each other in a sense, but either way, Milena gets Redan infected with a rot and he kind of basically just loses his mind, turns into a zombie, and then is forced to um, scavenge these sand dunes, eating the bodies of his enemies and his soldiers, you know, that were falling on the ground. And it's, he's so mindless to a point where his feet have worn off because uh, the initial character was a hero until he got turned and he had a trusty steed that uh, he didn't want to let go of. So as he grew from a young kid into a demigod, he had to learn a certain magic so that he could keep his horse with him. You know, and this is, and he wanted to protect the horse. So he had to specialize in, you know, gravity magic. So you got this kind of sad story where you got a, a general that, and a demigod that was considered like the hero and the, the most honorable and the grandest and the most powerful. Uh, he's called Star Scourge because he holds back the stars. And that's something that you see is a testament to what he was after you defeat him. You know, and I think in one of the coolest end scenes I've seen in a very long time, I was thoroughly impressed by it. But uh, this character is incredibly large. And because he's kind of lost his mind, he's definitely wild. And he goes off roaring into the sky at times while <laughs> his tiny horse is galloping as, uh, as fast as it can. And uh, it, he has a, he doesn't really have a second form, but he has a second stage that he initiates with something. Uh, and Matt, what was your first reaction to that once you got there? Well, the thing about, like you mentioned the end cinematic, and it, yeah, I agree with you, that's badass. Like it, it's both gorgeous and amazing and yeah, breathtaking to say the least. Uh, but the introduction as well, because, you know, with all these Souls games, like, you know, they typically you have like the green mist uh, door that, you know, is signifies you're about to enter into a boss fight. And sure. Um, with this one, it's the first, like one of the few occasions where it's like there's such a build up to it. Like, you know, it's going to be a fucked up boss because there's this long, peaceful walkway, actually, which is rare in these games. And then you encounter this area that's full of all these various heroes that you've encountered throughout the game. And they're attending the Festival of Blood, I believe it's called. Of violence. Festival of Violence, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Festival of Violence, and it's all these heroes you've encountered just, like, standing at ready. And then you, you, the only way you can really proceed is you have to speak to the crier who essentially tells you, it's like, gives you permission to go off and fight him. So with all that buildup, like you're anticipating it, but prior to that, they show a cinematic that actually shows what Radon has been. And like you described him perfectly, he's this mindless, massive zombie just wandering in this desert. And it's it's eerie, it's creepy, um, you know, and you're just kind of like taking it in. Because again, like, you know, when you get that intro cinematic, you know it's going to be a gnarly boss. And then once you enter this realm, Again, you realize how massive he is, and you're immediately attacked by these heat homing arrows that, depending on how you've leveled your character, can easily take you out in one blow. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's intimidation to say the least, and it, it was amazing. 
Um, I also loved it too because it's it's one of the few fights, uh, probably the only one I can think of offhand in all these games where you've summoned in multiple people outside of just like you know a, a human or maybe an NPC helper. Like you actually can summon in all the heroes you saw at the festival prior to that. So it's really cool seeing all these like kind of like characters who've been nice to you along the way all of a sudden joining alongside you taking on this massive thing and that's really kind of the key to fighting the battle. Um, so my first experience, I, I fought him about roughly I would say two to three times uh, by myself, which was a completely different experience than playing with you. Um, and we'll get to that, but yeah, playing it by myself like. It was fun, it was great, but then my peasant PS4 crapped out on me when he had about three hits left. So uh, that's kind of, you know, I was frustrated, I turned off the system, I went to bed, and then lo and behold, in the most From Software experience ever, that's when the announcement that the patch came out because they realized, oh, we made his hitboxes too small, we needed to fix that and make him harder. So I was super grateful to be able to uh, have you available to uh, hop in and help me out because I was too pissed to want to fight him again on my own um even though it's i'm sure i could have managed it i mean like i said i did get him down to about three hits just on the trusty steed riding around and shooting arrows and occasionally stabbing at him but uh having a mage with me who could just like death star his ass was pretty awesome too um yeah thanks for reining me in i got to the end before i even talked about the beginning of it <laughs> but uh yeah that was a super impressive entrance to a fight. I, and you're right. I haven't played too much from software stuff, from, but from what I've played, it's very rare for you to be part of a situation where a, the, the crier is during the night and he is honor bound with Redan that they both die if they can if they can make sure the other person can die with honor they're honor bound to make sure that happens so jaren's been at that castle trying to find uh people who are willing to take on Redon and defeat him in battle an honorable death and it's not until you know you as the tarnished person gets there and is able to assemble like pretty cool crew of some npcs i don't know them all but uh, Blight the Wolf, I think, is one of the biggest ones. And since I am such a uh, synced into the magic aspect of this lore and this universe, he's a character I've come across many times now. Uh, Alexander the Jar is involved. Uh, Patches can get summoned in and has one of the best responses. Um, I believe Okina is someone that uh, helped you out in one of the first invasions in Lundgrave. So yeah, you get to summon quite a ensemble cast of characters that can take a lot of attention away from you in a fight and gives you a chance to kind of jump back and you know figure out what it is you need to do to best approach this problem. Um, Jack gave me a hint and Ryan both gave me a hint and it was a uh, torrent is pretty important and uh, make as many friends as you can was the other one. So coming into it, you know, you go through this uh, cool story where Jaren talks about Redan and, you know, what everyone is there for and says that the festival begins. So uh, you go down and you teleport. And, <laughs> and one of the first things you'll see is this purple dot that just 
quickly starts to expand until it hits you. And you're wondering what the hell is that? And it's Redan standing on or sitting on top of a study hearse just shooting meteorite arrows at you from one of the biggest bows I've ever seen in my life. And I died pretty quick to it. I think I got two shotted and then I died. I came back. I started realizing I needed a roll. And um, I approached him solo. I didn't activate any of the summons because I didn't really pay attention for him. They kind of went past me and I ended up dying. And then on the third time, I used the summons, I dodged his arrows. And because I was able to use Torrent, it was pretty easy as a magic user. And a it's a weapon spell combo. It's a meteorite staff, which is very powerful even into like mid like mid late game and then a spell called rock sling that breaks poise so it's actually a really good spell because with enough direct hits a lot of things you get some pretty damage on which can make or break the battle for you but um and that happens to go well with redan so on my third go with the help of uh the npcs uh it I ended up winning. The, the part that really kind of made me sweat the most was when he um, probably about six with 60 or like 55% of his health gone, he decides to just do this super high jump and then he disappears, you know? And I'll be honest, the first person that got to that fight uh, probably got murked because you have no idea what's coming and it's Redan. Uh, sitting on a meteorite and he's getting ready to, to plow straight into you and all your friends too. So uh, fortunately, I was able to see that coming in video. So I kind of just skirted out of the way, but it's still a spectacle and probably one of the cooler mechanics I've ever played in a boss fight where, you know, it, it happens where a boss disappears and you're like, where is he going to attack? But how many of them come down in a flaming ball of death and then it just like skirts across the sand and he gets up and he's like, you know, ready to go. So um, such a cool fight. I was going to say, I love the NPC's involvement in this one too, just because he is so massive and he's so intimidating and powerful. And he just makes such quick work of most of them that it, it's cool to experience because in most of these games, like it's such a tense encounter with any boss. Except for patches, which is one of the coolest things where you, I don't know if you know this, but you summon him in and then he runs away until he goes <laughs> back to his own world. <laughs> so, perfect for you, you got this humorous part where you summon in a coward who basically nopes out as soon as possible. But outside of him, like it, it's pretty awesome getting to see this massive boss just like lay waste to all these other characters because Again, like most most boss encounters you get in the, these games, like you're kind of on edge if you're fighting them solo or even with, you know, if you're calling in some of the ashes, it's still pretty tense. And so when you actually get to see like all their moveset kind of play out and see just like how it's going to wreck you if it makes contact with you, like I, I think it adds an extra layer because again, like that's a part of some of these boss battles I, I in my experience with from software games that I don't always appreciate because I'm usually just so hung up on just like focusing in on the fight that I don't get a chance to take a step back and realize just how like 
cool it is to see like these massive swipes or like violent maneuvers that they utilize and especially when they make contact and it's not me being pissed that i died it's actually seeing it make contact with like the giant jar guy alexander and seeing him just get knocked to shit even though he's got a million hit points so but yeah no. great great fight he does this impressive move where he uh he goes around in a circle he kind of picks someone and he drags a sword around and then he finally like lifts it up and then comes down with the swing um i've seen him hit Blythe, the the half wolf with that so many times to see him go flying and then like as he's coming up chugging a flask he ends up getting smacked again with it uh that that's a nice thing is that they allow you to study his moves if you're patient enough and if you realize that uh you can resummon these npcs back in after they get marked so a lot of them are you know i think reusable in that sense uh i gotta admit the thousand hours or so i put in a monster hunter world has made me less apprehensive about approaching some of these fights like a lot of redan stuff i feel like are easily telegraphed when you're in a close combat situation with them. And the one that always gets me and is still something I feel like every time I've been through it and survived, I was really lucky was uh, he slams the ground and he throws this uh, wave that emanates out and it's very tall and it's very hard to roll out of because I think it does like secondary damage. So, you know, if you don't get hit by the first, the second part of it can still hit you. and that's one that I have a very difficult time trying to figure out how to get through that. But for the most part, we play the game so differently, you know? Um, I'm very much mid to long range minded and you're very much close range. So that emphasis of dodging stuff is just as high as it is for me because when he does get close, it's gonna take one hit as to maybe the four that you or Jack might be able to sustain. So I've um, been pretty fortunate with like a lot of experience from other games to be able to be like, he's looking at me. I probably shouldn't cast a spell. I should probably just start rolling backwards. There's a particularly uh, pretty funny one where he gets so desperate to hit you that he like kind of jumps forward and then he's like clawing in the dirt while like slamming his sword down. And he does it like six times. So if you're not just kind of tuned into the fact that his arms keep raising, you're not going to instinctively keep rolling back or try to manage your stamina because you might be panicking, but um, pretty fun in the sense that he is not afraid to like come after one person. And that's happened to me a few times, you know, where, I, you know, I fought this character probably about 65 times. Uh, I, I farmed a lot of runes off of him, a lot of uh, rune arcs, and it allowed me to go from 94 to 112, which has made what I'm doing now incredibly easier. But uh, it, he's got one shot, one killed me, where I came up a little bit too cocky and really drew all of his aggro. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, um, I'm casting a spell and he's turned around and he's already on top of me and I get one shot. <laughs> <laughs> with, them, with them being like the first 15 seconds of getting summoned in to help another person out so he's still very very dangerous even if you do know what you're doing in that sense i was gonna say like yeah definitely 
I was impressed to hear that you fought him multiple times because it is such an epic sort of boss encounter, and there's such a high threshold or potential for the person who called you in to just get completely annihilated within the first like three seconds by one of those homing arrows. So um, it's pretty cool that you were able to get that success with rate with him. I also appreciated playing it with you, to be honest, because uh, playing it by myself when I got him pretty close to defeat, um, that's like you had mentioned before, uh, you pretty much fight him with torrent the whole time. You can race around and kind of allow those NPCs to, to kind of distract him and then pick your targets. Uh, but you don't get that option when you play with, with people. So it was pretty cool, like that race to get to him was actually much more intimidating and much like, you know, it really was just kind of this like race to see which who he homes in on first. And there were certainly a few times where it's like, I think we'd have him, we'd have him. And then all of a sudden he turned his attention to me and it's like, oh, shit, like, which anytime a game can make you have that sense, it's it's doing its job. So I really had a lot of fun. Uh, Dave, I got to ask you. Since you played him so many times with random people, what was your favorite encounter? Oh, man, I got summoned in only to find that He-Man had summoned me in. <laughs> he looked like He-Man. His haircut was the same. His hair color was the same. I think his gear was pretty close. <laughs> um, I have it posted on my YouTube channel. <laughs> I could tell you it, it was an honor to help you man get redan <laughs> uh i mean i've had ones where like uh we went into it and someone i think had pretty much the same build i had like even to where we had the same weapons and the same configuration and uh that was pretty interesting you know to see how you know someone would be tuned in on such an idea that you know, he, we would just happen to run into, into each other and how we handled it, you know, what spells would be cast uh, compared to the others. I rely on Rock Sling a lot. It's one, cheap on FP, but does a good amount of damage and can stagger the boss. And I'll see a lot of other users using different spells that I wouldn't even consider, you know, so that was pretty interesting. But my favorite was definitely He-Man, <laughs> being summoned in by He-Man. <laughs> and he held his own and you know the, the thing is uh you talk about there being rookies and you can almost tell like when you get summoned in like okay this this person probably has never fought this you know yet so and i mean there's even one that was so green that after he had summoned us in instead of touching the uh teleportation tablet he thought he could just run across to the island so <laughs> but you can't you end up drowning so we get summoned in we all do our spins of you know honorary greeting and welcome and thank you and then he just like books it straight in and jumps right into the river and dies <laughs> and we get thrown back into our own worlds and then you get the ones that make it further than that, which is almost all of them, except for that one person. And, you know, they kind of figure out the arrow thing, but then they're not using their summons, which um, e even with like three humans, not, no NPCs, Redan can be in handful because now you, 
now he's not kind of staying in one spot, aggroing on a bunch of NPCs that are around his feet. He's, you know, this is the last guy that hit me. I'm coming after him kind of thing. And he's a lot closer than the last guy that just hit me. So I'm going to just keep applying this pressure on this one person, you know. So it's very easy to drag him away from the rest of your team because now he's coming after you and staying close to him at that point is really dangerous and pretty tough. So uh, it, it's been interesting. And then you get ones that seem like they're vets and, you know, or you get another person that got summoned in who is just as, a, you know, knowledgeable about the fight. So you just end up ending it pretty quick. And I think that's why I was able to get so many in my belt was that um, most of the time, the other person being summoned in is probably doing the same thing I was which was farming runes and uh, rune arcs and that, you know, uh, that familiarity definitely breeds efficiency, I guess is probably the best way to put it. But it's fun to watch characters who come in. Sometimes uh, the host dies right away and you cut your summon down and then you get summoned by him again. And then you see him you know, I'll run around the summon signs, even though I can't see them, I know where they're at. So I'll run around them and kind of get his attention, try to help him out a little bit, that kind of stuff. So, I yeah. I never thought to do that, actually. That's pretty smart. And you can actually drag Rodan in closer to the NPCs. You'll see a lot of people wait at the crest of the hill. And then when the NPCs go forward, they'll progress because they'll get their attention. But if... <clears throat> You can stay ahead of the NPCs. You can actually pull him closer towards them so it can kind of start the fight. And then on that flat ground, it's a little bit easier than on the high ground, especially for range, because then you're not dealing with like him being on the crest of a hill and then your spell hitting the dirt as it tracks him. You know, if it's all flat, it's way easier for you to be able to get good hits in. So. Yeah, it's it's such a different experience. Like like I said, I've always played just a hack and slash in all of these games, so um, <laughs> this one being no exception. So it, it's actually pretty cool hearing like the mage, how it differentiates your style of taking on, especially a boss like this, where it could be a blessing and a curse because he, like you had said, he'll you're pretty much dead if he makes contact. So. <laughs> Yeah, he comes down with like a double blade, I think it was one of his first moves, and I've been hit, been hit by that numerous times, and it's just like, this. <laughs> and then I'm like, great, <laughs> just great, I was supposed to be the guy carrying this guy, so now he's running around. I was gonna say, that's my favorite part about the summon system in these games, is just the fact that like, people are left with a permanent judgment on you. <laughs> like, I know for certain there's some guy out there who just thinks I'm the biggest schmuck because I've been summoned in and just immediately died or immediately rolled off of a bridge or something. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> mediocre. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's humorous. Uh, the battlefield makes for a lot of humor because you can run away, you know. So there's been a few times where I know I've cast a spell, I got his attention instead of playing the I'm going to dodge game, I'm just going to stay out of the curb game. So I just immediately break contact with him as far as auto lock goes. And I just start, start sprinting. And I can only imagine a Redon just coming behind me, like as the rest of my team is chasing him through the desert. 
I mean, anyone that was hanging out at Red Main Castle just watching through some binoculars had some pretty good shows. <laughs> it's just like some dude like, ah! <laughs> I was going to say, I know for certain there were a few times where when we were playing him, where you were like, he's chasing you, he's chasing you. That's exactly what I pictured the whole time. I just took off running and rolling. Um, but no, the humor aspect brings up a, a great segue here because there's also a, a story we had playing the same uh, experience together where since we knocked him out pretty quick that uh, you went and helped me with another boss that quite frankly, like I just had no interest in fighting fairly. Like I'll, I'll admit I didn't get good enough to take him out. I just thought he was too annoying for my build to want to fuck with. So it was like, why not? Dave's available. His build's perfect to take him on. Let's knock this out while we're together. And that was the um, entry spirit in Caleb. And uh, it, this was perfect, actually, this whole experience. Because I call you in, like, we had the hardest time figuring out even where we were going. Because, like, this is how little I give a fuck about the war in comparison to you, Dave. Like, I couldn't even tell you what weapon, what armor I have equipped. And I've put in over 60 hours in this game. But uh, this boss, like I said, is kind of a pain in the butt if you're pl playing with any hack and slash type of character. So, uh, you know, you agree to come in. We go to Caleb. We uh, were racing in the direction we thought he was in. And we end up encountering this weird area that overlooks him completely. So we can see him, but he can't see us. So you being the mage build, you shoot him with your Death Star attack, and, and he immediately aggros. And it's great, because there's no possible way for him to hit us, basically. He has, like, one attack that maybe can, but we're just at the perfect angle. So I have my arrows, you have your magic. And we're just kind of slowly pelting this guy. What made this hilarious was halfway through this all of a sudden we get you know we get the message we're being invaded and it's like oh shit like of course like we finally found this ledge that's gonna make this just a joke cheese fest and now we're gonna get invaded and we might actually have to put, deal with a real fight and i also have the item uh, refresh me dave what what is the item that uh allows people to summon in to help you out when you're invaded oh it's uh i believe the blue ring or the white ring of something that you can pick up from a few merchants here and there. But uh, when it's activated, it automatically sends out a summons for anyone that happens to have an active blue ring and they are summoned in as a hunter. So basically um, they're there to counter the invader. They're kind of like on your side, which is pretty cool. I didn't even realize. And, Honestly, I think it would be a fun thing to sit around and do here and there is just to, to run the game on it. But <clears throat> yeah, so we're sitting high up on our perch. Um, I'm just rock slinging them from the top and I'm not even doing maximum damage, but I, I got enough magic uh, to where I know I can do enough to get us the win. So we're just both sitting up there giggling as this monster's frustrated at the foot of a cliff and it can't do much to get to us. As, as we rain like magic rocks and uh, arrows down on its head. So we get invaded and the first thing I do is scan around on my back, right? You know, it's like, okay, if someone's gonna attack, it's gonna be from behind. So me and you kind of scramble to a high point that's pretty close to us. And I'm not saying anything. I mean, an invader is bright red. And even in Caleb, you would notice them, you know? Uh, Caleb looks like you're just walking around a bunch of clay. 
and we're, we're just confused, you know? And then all of a sudden I notice a hunter gets summoned in and that's when I asked, you know, if you kept your ring activated and you did, you know? So I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, that's fucking cool. Like, that's something I never do because I rarely play online with anyone on PS5 outside of Jack. And we're more than happy to try to take on an invader, just a solo of us. So um, you call him in, but we're not seeing anything. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, whatever. We'll go back to what we're doing. We go and we look down and we see the scene of a hunter who's being chased by an Erdtree and an invader. <laughs> the Erdtree is doing so much damage that he's like basically attacking both of them. Um, yeah, they're like taking turns, like trying to chip away at each other while the Erdtree is just like smashing up. <laughs> and all the time our two dumbasses are just sitting up on this ledge, just like watching and laughing. Cause like, they're all there to kill us and not her, well, except for the, the helper. And then, of course, the Erdtree just wipes them both out with this giant smash. And then we go back to just picking away at them. The best part is they were dragging the Erdtree out of range. So there's, like, nothing I could do other than watch until it got closer to me, you know? So it was fun watching that little shenanigans go down. I can only imagine what was going through the mind of the invader and the hunter. Like, where are these two clowns? <laughs> Anyone ever looked up, they would have seen us just standing on the cliff, like, <laughs> looking at them, wondering what's, what's going on, guys, from here. <laughs> Why are you down there? <laughs> no, it was amazing. It was one of the funniest, just most absurd things I experienced. And you can only get it from, from Elden Ring and, and Souls games in general. It's just these random summon encounters with a completely random person from probably across the world. So, um, And yeah, I, I have no shame. I'm glad we cheesed that boss to death because I hate that guy and I'm glad he's dead. So I'll take his runes and I will level up and you know eventually i may even be able to use some of these swords that require intelligence i uh you should get the moon veil katana dude um i've heard yeah and if you want you need to go through the academy to respect and so if you get the moon veil and you want to respect let me know and i'll i'll carry you through the academy i know i know where all the stuff is so i can get us all the cool stuff in one foul swoop and then uh, help you with the boss. I know her pretty well. And then once you got there, because um, dude, I really think if you don't pay attention or don't come across the right gear, <clears throat> that it really just hinders the experience. And I mean, it really kind of depends on what you want your experience to be like, right? You know, some people want to go through it fighting everything with a level one toothpick in a loincloth and that's how you play the game. And then some people like me want a spell where I pretty much just can melt a boss. I've melt two bosses with it. They didn't even get a shot on me. There's just one, you get teleported behind him. So he doesn't aggro onto you. So I just set up literally right on his back and <laughs> shot a death beam right into him. Um, it woke him up, but you know, like it didn't, it didn't help him. I was going to say, and then for every Death Star build, you have Jack, who uses the base level katana for the samurai build, and and the wolves. The wolves, Ash. <laughs> Up until the last five bosses of the game, so. Yeah, whereas I'm rocking a level nine mimic tier summon, which is like arguably top one or top 
we're the second best, depending which I'm I I'm eyeballing the either first or second best. So I'm gonna have two of the best summons for me available throughout the rest of the game. And I'll be able to get that other one up to level 10. So I'll be able to max it out. Um I was which would be a mimic tier they've already nerfed once, so and I've heard it's still one of the best. So yeah, um, I'm playing around with it. So my testing grounds is that poor camp that's like right up the road from the starting point, you know, with the guy with the horn and the shield. Yeah. I, I always go back to test all my stuff on those guys. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are fucking bastards. Like, I'm going to haunt you eternally. So I'll just occasionally pop up out of the blue in their world and they're like, oh, let's just guy again. And all of a sudden I'll death star them you know, to see what the effects are, or I'll summon something and that will, like, butcher them all while I'm just standing back, like, yeah, doing good, Mimic Tear, doing really good, <laughs> you know, so. I love um, that idea, of just punishing them for all those times they were difficult in the early game. So, um, but yeah, no, uh, it, and there's even other summons that you are so convoluted to get that without a guide, you probably wouldn't have figured out what to do with it. it I don't know. I'm not even half. I would say a little over halfway through this game, and I'm still like kind of blown away by the capabilities of you coming across stories that you didn't really know you were starting or walking into. So, and Redan's one of them for me because, you know, you initially see him, you're like, oh, this is a bad guy. And this is a good guy, and you find out, you know, it's the opposite. And then you find out, like, this guy is, like, one of the most respected characters in this lore, and probably only lost the fight because he was holding back stars, you know? Like, that's how powerful he was. And still, you know, the other thing that's so impressive is that his horse was so important to him that he learned a whole school of magic and mastered it so that he could <clears throat> keep his friend with him in battle and even through his zombie state they're still like they're still there as a team you know and he still respects that horse i mean sometimes sometimes it looks like he's piling that thing into the ground when he jumps up but you know it's <laughs> like um it, it's just he, he's such a cool character and you just don't really get to see so much and that's what i really like about this game and the way that they tell these stories is that you fight a guy you fight a character it's impressive but um it's only through small bits here and there that you understand more about that character and it's not thrown in your face there's no waypoint you can easily miss this you don't have to fight this character to beat the game you know so I'd say this is like some really excellent fantasy RPG story stuff. I think you got a very kind of good blend of Western and Eastern fantasy values all happening in this fight. You know, horror, humor, um, awe, spectacle, uh, technical, like uh, savvy. It, it, it's just an accumulation, I think, of some really good game like, design. No, that's an excellent point, too. I, I think you're absolutely right. There's some deeper themes at play with this particular character than um, you experience with the earlier ones that you, you encounter that seem pretty straightforward. It's like, you know, oh, they're motivated by, you know, wrath or motivated by just like, you know, whatever minor 
basic thing, but this it's it's a very well rounded character and and a terrifying one at that. So um, really, really happy to have experienced him with you there, Dave. That was definitely one of the funnest boss fights I've had in a while, just because um, I experienced so much of them on my own of just like I said, being blown away by the whole spectacle of it, and then being able to have hop on you know and chat with you and, and actually hear your opinion being similar of just being like oh yeah this is fucking badass like <laughs> you need to stick around for the end it's gonna be awesome so uh anything other thoughts you have on radon or uh elden ring at the moment there dave Nah, i mean i'm just i'm having fun with it and kind of chipping away i'm definitely not going as hard at it as uh uh, jack but you know that i think it's just i kind of i'm having more fun like kind of leveling up and then going back and catching up on all the stuff the small stuff i missed so it's been fun i was just gonna say like this this to me like i'm enjoying kind of savoring this one and, and taking in in tiny little increments and then then there's those of us who just want to be an enemy of fun and charge in and take the whole thing down with a base level katana. So to each their own, and that is the beauty of Elden Ring. So with all that being said, this has been Couch Co-op, the video game podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Ciao.